Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast where we talk about the Doom Patrol quite often and uh, we wait for the Doom Patrol when it's not around. Um, that's the premise of the show, which I'm explaining to you now. Well done. And yes, hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter and Blue Sky at AvantGarve. You can find us both on WaitingForDoom.com, our awesome website. You can contact us via WaitingForDoom at gmail.com and on our Facebook page, which is also called Waiting for Doom. And all our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Podbean.com. Yeah. And you can also find us on Buy Me a Coffee. You can. Buy us a coffee. Um, and I'm Paul. You can... I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm gone. No. I'm gone. Okay. I am Hicks on Blue Sky. H-I-X. And that's all you need to find. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, and we also have a senior show Twitter account, which is Wilfred, who's stuck on uh, Twitter, probably dying. How are, are you still alive, Wilfred? Hey. hey. Yeah, so, um, Mike, what have you been up to in The Thing of Stuff? The Thing of Stuff? Um, I actually read some comics this morning. Bloody hell. I know, I know. I actually read... Let me count them, let me count them. I read seven comics this morning. Damn. Seven issues of Saga from Image Comics Whoa. Uh, by Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan. And yeah, that's, that's you know, it's I'm finally caught up to 2023 <laughs> in, in Saga issues. So yay me. Another comic-related thing I've been spending far too much time and effort on is um, one of our supermarket chains over here, Coles, <laughs> has been doing a, a DC Superheroes Builder giveaway thing where you spend a certain amount of dollars and you get... Um, a little like trading card size cardboard thing in a little sealed bag, um, and you open the bag and you get a random little cardboard miniature figure of a DC superhero or villain. Um, mm. And I went a little bit overboard and I bought the collector tin for it, and I bought a special extra thing where you can build a Batmobile. Um, and I'm pleased and slightly embarrassed to announce that I have completed my collection of all 35 <laughs> builder figures. Wow. So I've, I've had my, my colleagues at work have been, uh, you know, leaving the little packs on my desk after they've uh, had a shop. At <laughs> uh, I've, Paul, you very graciously donated a few to the cause. Yeah. Other friends of mine are, are donating more still to the cause. Um, it's gone to the point where I've gladly given some away because I've got so many duplicates of certain ones now. Right, well, you do a, you do a, I've got the set built, and then you do, I've got the set um, still in the cards, like uh, mint, mint in card, Mick, mm. Mick, as they say. And, uh-huh. yeah, I have decided not to collect. I, I did come across some, and I thought, these are, these are anti-death prep things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you never. You, let's wait and see what Santa brings. Oh, you, you, you never know. You never oh, know what yeah. might come down your chimney at Christmas oh, you, time. You, you never... Tight ass. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no, no. These things are like you only get one pack for every thirty bucks. You yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So having a set is thirty-five times thirty, which if I know my mass click is about twenty-seven thousand dollars. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. in Australian exchange. <laughs> They call me the human calculator. No, they don't. Um, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, my even my director has has um, you know contributed. She came in and said, oh, "I hope you enjoyed them." That's that's like you know um, that was a big shop and there was like a big stack of them there. And I was like, "Holy shit, you did do a big shop!" Um, but yeah, no, the 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 base set of the thirty five that's that's about one thousand and fifty dollars, Paul. Well, that's it. No. Um, <laughs> and then add on twenty bucks for the collector tin and the Batmobiles. Oh. I went a little bit crazy with them. Golly. So. The other fun thing I did recently, I finally caught up on the back half of Muppets Mayhem oh, okay, on yeah. Disney+. Plus. You watched any of that? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. So there's there's one episode where, um, I think it was episode seven, maybe, where they decided to, to promote themselves even more. They were going to film a documentary. Um, and Kevin Smith, the director, appeared and um, was going to you – know, he's, he's there filming it. And there is a cameo in this episode that just blew my mind, and I, 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 I kind of want to talk about it, but don't want to spoil it too much for those that haven't seen it. But for those that have seen it, you know the sax player Zoot. Yeah, yeah. Right. He he is poor fella. He's a bit confused. He thinks they're filming a movie, and throughout most of the episode, he's saying, "Oh, who am I going to get to play Zoot?" Sort of thing. And he lists a couple of people, and he goes, "Oh, they're they're actually dead." And he's like, "Oh." Oh, when did that happen? Sort of. Thing. Anyway, as the episode goes on, um, these you know human live actors come along, dressed up as Zoot, wanting to audition for the role of Zoot, and one of them is an actor of a certain caliber that I never expected to see <laughs> in a Muppet show, dressed up in a Zoot costume. <laughs> And he's like super keen to take on the challenge of the role of Zoot. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that person is on screen for maybe not even five minutes doing this. It was, I, it just blew my mind. It was hilarious. So watch Muppets Mayhem. It's it's good. There's some cool, catchy songs in it. Um, There's a couple of nice, heartfelt messages in there. But this cameo, (laughs) oh my god, I wish I could. Oh. It, it's just blown my mind. It was I, I sat I like was sitting on the edge of my seat. Wow, I'm now, I'm trying to think who would get you that excited. And what Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt. Anyway, that's the end of our show uh, <laughs> for the rest of time because fuck you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> for those that aren't aware and may have missed my ranting, I'm not a fan of either Tom Cruise nor Emily Blunt. They're just they're like. Injecting acid in my eyeballs. Wow. My ears. I cannot stand either of them. So, no, neither of them appeared in it, okay? Yeah, and if everyone wants to chime in and tell Mike that he really should watch Edge of Tomorrow, he won't. No, it's no. fine. Don't worry about it. Don't try. Be, a, be down this road, my yeah. friend. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I told you, like, when that first came out, I was like, holy crap, if, if Hollywood ever wanted me to not watch a movie... Put the two of them in a movie, and what do you know? <laughs> oh, dear. <clears throat> anyway, what have you been up to? What have you been enjoying or not enjoying? About oh, oh it's, it's a bonfire night on the farm last night, so we lit up the pile of uh, tree bits and garbage. Did it help with any death prep? Did you? Uh, uh, yeah, there was a bit of furniture in there. Um, there, we so, yeah. there we go. Yeah, so okay. there's stuff you go, what can I do with this broken bit of furniture that the dogs have shat on? And you can take it to the tip and pay them to get rid of it for you, or uh-huh. you can just chuck it on the burn pile and burn it once every four years, which we did. So right. my wife was like, I'm going to sit here and roast marshmallows. And I was uh. like, you're going to be way too hot there. <laughs> And as soon as the fire was lit, she was like, I'm very hot. <laughs> so we moved her. 
Right. <laughs> but, yeah, fun time. Um, what else have I been there? I've been reading uh, Sideways on DC Infinite Ultra. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. That was good fun, that. You read it, have you? I read the first trade. Oh. Ah, a while back, yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. It, it, it was seen... I recall thinking this is a very Marvel type. Yeah, it's, yeah but it was still good fun. Yeah. yeah, and I'm interested to see if that character ever um, has any legs. So uh, yeah, he spun out of the uh, the first metal, uh, mm. and there was something called the New Age of Heroes. I believe it was the, the New Age of Heroes because that's when the Terrifics were introduced as well. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. And I think they were the I think they were the longest lasting. Mm. Uh, I don't want to call it experiment, but that's kind of what it was. They were the hitman of the. <laughs> Of bloodlines for this instance. <laughs> yes, yes, they were. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was quite fun. I it was one that I was always curious about. It looked interesting, and yeah, um, it's pretty good art. And other than that, I'm watching some crap movies and some good movies and a bit of everything and stuff. And yeah, yeah, and I'm generally running out of steam in the middle of segments. <laughs> Well, um, that's almost a segue to maybe some Doom news, maybe? Yay, Doom news. So in Doom news, we have had the solicitation. I was going, there's hardly any Doom news, but there is the solicitation for the next issue of Doom Patrol, the seventh issue. And I believe it has Flex Force in it. Flex Force. Which, mm. which seems to be made up of um, some of the characters that they've collected in this new series. The, yes. The various uh, freaky, not shaming them, but freaky looking people. Um, when you say seventh issue, do you mean sixth issue? Sixth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I have a list, but it makes it harder. Does it take it away with it? I think it did. I don't think you did. But anyway, <laughs> pretty sure we've got it fucking recorded. <laughs> Um, just letting you know I'm in the edit this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Flex Force are coming, um, and we look forward to seeing them in action as part of the next issue of Unreadable Doom, Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Unreadable? Un- 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 I mean, you. I haven't read it yet. Right. It's okay, in the future, it... and I'm not yeah, in the future. Right. I'm in the past. I'm in the present. Yes. What I did like about that solicit is that it says that General Immortus attacks, well, I didn't like it, but the fact that it says Immortus strikes the team in the shelter. Ooh. Takes the fight to them. Golly. So, yeah. It's like a cobra invading the G.I. Joe town base. Yeah. Under yeah. The, under the chaplain's thing. <laughs> okay. I don't really remember much about it, but knowing is half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember about you and your involvement with G.I. Joe was that gigantic rocket ship you had. Space shuttle. Space shuttle. <coughs> Space shuttle. Same thing. Fine line. The Defiant. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. Also, my children were Defiant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, the other news is we have to honour our um, Buy Me A Coffee people, uh, mm-hmm. who I'm going to call the Jitterbugs today because it's fun and quirky so yes. they are aj right from the right on network who gives me t-shirts and uh koozies for the or we call them stubby holders mate right i was gonna say gives you what <laughs> <laughs> he's so dreamy he gives me the koozies right <laughs> <laughs> i kissed him and i've got some koozies coming up yeah <laughs> i'm sure he's loving this shout out yeah 
Who else is a jitterbug, Paul? <laughs> Tim Price is a jitterbug, buddy. Um, Tim Price is also from the Radar Network. He does the Outsiders podcast, and he's on the Cassandra Kane podcast. AJ does um, more than that. AJ does the uh, straight out of Federation, straight out of Doctor Who, straight out of Gallifrey, not straight out of Doctor <laughs> Who. And yeah, Tim Price, who what, what do we say? Charming but deceitful. Charming but deceitful, and he will crash your podcast at a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had Arbad. Arbad, did mm-hmm. coffee? Lovely Arbad. All right, Kevin. Kevin, he's good for accommodation and coffee and mm-hmm. kindness. Um, and the Bat Pod sent us coffee, which is all wonderful. Yes. You should listen to the Bat Pod. They're doing some really good retro Batman stuff. You like retro Batman I stuff? I saw, yes. Yeah. Yes, I, I have to tune into those yet, but yes, I saw their post. I was like, ooh. Ooh. Some yeah. old school detective stuff. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, um, what is the sound of that ticking? <laughs> that ticking. <laughs> the doom clocking that I hear. That That is indeed the doom clock. Well done. Yes. Yes. You finally got it right. <laughs> After all these years. <laughs> okay. So, as we look upon the face of the mighty doom clock, it has been just over zero weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being issue 5 of Unstoppable Doom Patrol, which came out this past week on August 22nd. And we will be discussing it in a future episode, not this one. So hang tight for that. Uh, issue 6 of the series, uh, which, as Paul mentioned, features the debut of the Flex Force, led by Flex Mantello himself, uh, is due out on September 26, 2023, which is just over four weeks away. Damn. And then there's un- then there's only one more issue after that, and then Unstoppable Doom Patrol wraps up for at least this year. Ooh. Yeah. What state so, will we be in after that? Oh, uh, I reckon we might be waiting for Doom Patrol <laughs> to return. Yes, we'll finally be on brand again. Finally. <laughs> Curse Dennis Culver and Chris Burnham and their awesomeness at bringing us some good Doom Patrolness. Yes. But, well, yeah, in a couple of months' time, we'll be back on brand, everyone. You're welcome. Mm. But anyway, it is now time for the This Week in Doom Patrol History Guessing Game. And Paul, do you want to do old flavour or new flavour? I want new flavour, mate. I'm I'm addicted to the the taste of the next generation. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to preface this by saying (laughs) I'll be very surprised if you get this one. Oh, damn. Okay, so for those that aren't aware, uh, old flavour was basically a game of 20 questions. Oh, well, uh, X number of questions. I roll the... 10-sided die of doom and Paul would get that many questions. In New Flavor, what happens is I read out a line of dialogue from each page of the issue in question and then Paul has pretty much until we get to the end of the issue and he then has 30 seconds to make his final call. Now, if I recall correctly, Paul, your record so far is three pages in. Yeah, it's weird I keep picking this uh, option, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why yeah. I don't do the one where I used to fail a lot instead mm. of this one. Oh, fail or slash, you know, yeah. come Could really you close. read um, the indicia at the bottom of the first page where it says... Um, <laughs> just read that no. entire block section. No, no I won't. <laughs> Actually, one one time I will do that just to throw you off. Whoa! Um, the other thing I have to do is if there is a location listed in the page, I have to say what that location text box is as well. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just one line of dialogue from the page. Right. So are you ready, Paul? I am ready, Mike. All right. Here we go. And now the high spot of this community chest annual benefit, a daring act by the famous Doom Patrol. Okay. Okay. Next. 
this is kind of a, a location, so I'll say this one. Right. This, okay. Uh, at that split second, in a TV remote transmission truck outside, and your line of dialogue is, okay, camera two, zoom in for extreme close-up of Robot Man falling. Wow. Okay. Okay, next page. Uh, fellows, it it's a dragonfly as big as a torpedo, and it's coming straight for us. Well, this has got to be uh, the Volume 1 era. Mm-hmm. Uh, tick. And, yeah, I don't know these as back-to-front as I know the others. And, to be honest, a lot of them were fairly similar. But uh, the TV truck seems to ring a bell, and the giant dragonfly. Uh, oh, yeah. All right, keep going. Yep. Okay. Owie! Look what happened to my pretty hand. <laughs> are you going to read the next line? Or are you okay? That, that's... <laughs> Oh, my pretty hand. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're up to page five now. Page I'm just going to find a line of dialogue. Um, okay. Th- this one might help a bit. Um, dig that scene, kiddies. The thing is changing its shape from a dragonfly to a spider. Let's get him before he finishes the job. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm de- definitely 60 vibes. Uh, all right. And uh, can I... How does this work? Do, if I ask questions, do you confirm questions or not? I, I can, can, I'll can confirm with a yes or no, as, as per usual. I think this is higher than issue 100 of uh, Doom Patrol, volume one. Lower. I believe this is higher <laughs> <laughs> than issue 100 of the Doom Patrol, volume one. Every time. Every <laughs> time. Comedy goals. Yeah. Comedy. If our uh, listeners were all here, I would just run the line high-fiving them all. <laughs> um, no, it is not higher. Oh, okay. All right. You're, you're very close. You're in the ballpark, though. You're very oh, close. Very good, yes. I'm... All right. Um, I didn't say you were good. Um, so, all right. Page six. Here we go. Um, okay. Uh, this, this is a bit of a long one. Here we go. Go right ahead. Beat each other's brains out while this insect individual continues to prepare your destruction. Of course. What else do you think he's after? Only the death of the Doom Patrol. Is it issue 99? It is indeed issue 99. Yes! Well done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Whoa. page six, you got, to, you got to that time. Hey. But yes, going on sale for US 12 cents on September 2nd, 1965, with the cover date of November of that year, was Doom Patrol Volume 1, issue 99. This issue featured two stories, and the first, The Deadly Sting of the Bugman, was brought to us by Arnold Drake and Bruno Premiani. Due to the team infighting, specifically Larry being jealous of the negative being that he hosts, uh, yeah, uh, the Bugman and his army of robotic insects overpower the patrol and captures Elastigirl. So it's up to the chief to fire up his action chair. Ah. Oh, the action chair. Bring that back. Uh, the second story was brought to us by Arnold Drake and Bob Brown and was titled The Beast Boy. Unsurprisingly, this was the very first appearance of Gar Logan, the green-skinned teenager with the ability to transform into any animal. Initially being nothing more than a nuisance who invaded DPHQ, the team decided to let him join them on a mission, and he helped them take out a gang of high-tech costume thieves. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, we discussed this issue all the way back in episode 34, Paul, from yeah. October of Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And you can find that in the Doom dossier for Volume 1 over at WaitingForDoom.com. And that is it for the Doom Clock this week. Did you say 2015? Yep. Golly, we've been doing this a long time. We Well, let's let's not forget, we launched Episode 1 on sort of New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. New Year's Eve of 2013. 
2013 slash New Year's Day 2014. Wow. So um, we're coming up to like 10 years of this nonsense. 10 years. But yes, the Bugman was never seen ever again. Anyway, on with the show. Hey everybody, Quentin Robinson here. I recently attempted to sneak into the Longbox Crusade headquarters basement to watch some of the Albrecht Brothers action movies while the crew was out at the Saturday matinee theater. Too bad I had a little mishap and got stuck down here with no movies to boot. However, there are pieces of Pat's old podcasting equipment and excellent Wi-Fi service, so I decided to pass the time watching online fan films and talking about them. What, you don't know what a fan film is? Well, there are these non-theatrical movies that people post online of already established characters and settings. Hey, hey, hey now. Just wait and see. Save all judgment for what happens when you listen to Fan Film Fridays, a new podcast found on the Longbox Crusade podcast feed. And now it's the part of the show that we call Doomsplaining, where we explain something to do with the Doom Patrol. And the thing to do with the Doom Patrol is Totems, which is a comic that uh, was written by Tom Pyre, art by Duncan Fregredo, Richard Case, Dean Ormston, and letters by Ellie DeVille, uh, colours by Alex Sinclair, and a cover by Duncan Fregredo. And this came out uh, just on the tipping of the year 2000. And uh, uh, for those of you who are old like us, you will remember there was a bit of um, trepidation in the air. Oh, a little. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Y2K was the way it was phrased, and it was basically, um, will all our computers cope from changing to this uh, date system that they've all been raised and weaned on into this yeah. new date system where everything starts with a two? Um, and it was a big deal, and we were, you know, there were predictions that you know planes would fall out of the sky, do, um, Doom Patrol podcasts would start, um, things would <laughs> stop randomly, the world was going to look like it looks now. That's what everyone thought. <laughs> Yeah. And 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 Vertigo decided to come along and say, what can we say about this global event? Yeah, that's impacting everyone. What can we do? Let's come out with some new comics that tie into the fears, <laughs> the concerns. Yeah. The, the madness of the time. Yeah. Now, I bought this off the shelf when it was new, and you missed it. And I was like, why did Mike miss it? He's usually so good at this sort of stuff. But um, I think what happened is all these titles that are included in this... Uh, it's like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen of uh, Vertigo DC Universe people. Mm. Yeah. It, this came out after all those series have stopped. So, you know, Swamp Thing had ended. Black Orchid had ended. Shade the Changing Man had long ended. Doom Patrol had ended. So all these things were sort of in limbo at this stage mm. uh, which is uh interesting and weird and animal man animal man was in it and he stopped um yeah yeah and Z zatanna gets a she wasn't ever part of uh, vertigo at this stage but uh yeah she got a bit of an outing in it too yeah i, I did i did read some uh commentary on this this comic and they were kind of like oh this set the the template for justice league dark and i was like mm, eh, yes no. and no <laughs> not at all yeah. No, I mean yeah. the earliest comic that everyone has said that about is the um, the Blue Devil Summer Fun Annual, which came out in, <laughs> in the eighties, because that had yeah. those characters there. So that was the template. But, so mm. actually, no one was thinking about Justice League Dark. They were just putting all the mystical and weird characters together in one comic. So, yes, yes. 
Yes. But that is a great annual, that one. So, and uh, mm, yeah, that is good fun. Yes. So, Mike, you have the synopsis. Are you happy to hit us with the synopsis at this stage now? I'll hit us with the synopsis now. I don't know about being happy about it, but anyway, John <laughs> Constantine is throwing a New Year's Eve party. Uh, there is a waiter there by the name of Bernie Madden, and Bernie is obsessed with conspiracies and esoteric wisdom, and he gets to see the assembled heroes partying. Bernie is convinced that something strange will happen at the stroke of midnight and wants to see how these strange beings will encounter it. He pesters all the guests with his theories until he convinces Animal Man, Black Orchid and Swamp Thing to join their connections to the green and the red in a unified field. Shade and, and Bernie himself also surreptitiously join and they emerge from the experience immediately before midnight, with the heroes believing that the experience was an empty gesture. But when the new year begins, the world erupts into widespread violence with aliens, ancient pyramids, pagan cults, and global madness. The heroes dive into the fray, but Swamp Thing is immediately immobilized. The green has become polluted by this event. Only by linking with Animal Man and Black Orchid again can he be regenerated, but Animal Man makes a mental connection with a feral hound and attacks the two plant creatures before Orchid uses her pheromones to make him sleep. Hooray. Uh, Robot Man leads Shade and Bernie to try and save some innocent people, and Shade lashes out angrily at all of the senseless violence. Orchid theorizes that it is Bernie's obsessions and mental illness that have polluted all life by combining with the morphogenic, morphogenetic sorry, field. They link again and purge Madden's mental instability from reality and disappear, leaving Robot Man holding the waiter. He walks away in disgust, and uh, Madden picks up a revolver and decides to visit his ex-wife and daughter in their old home. Because, of course, uh, he recounts this story to his former lover and her new partner while they lie in bed at uh, gunpoint. He explains his night and he resolves to be a better man if Sarah will take him back. She refuses and he points the gun at himself to commit suicide. When it jams, her new boyfriend beats Bernie to a pulp and deposits him on the lawn. Bernie wakes up the next morning with a newfound appreciation of life and goes shopping. Shopping, the ultimate expression of being alive. I hope he went and bought mm, some Lego. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's how I celebrate being alive. So, yes. Paul, what did you think of Totems? I, well, it's an interesting story and I think it's very much of a time. And uh, I, for one, am fairly glad this time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's it's less than the sum of its parts because uh, I think mm -hmm. it like no one really gets to be the best of their titles in any of this. Like no. um, everyone is slightly ineffectual, and everyone who can do things quickly sort of gets sidelined straight away. Like Constantine isn't very Constantine in this, and uh, Swamp Thing gets corrupted, and oh, I can't do anything. And yeah, and Black Orchid at this stage, like, I really, really love Black Orchid as a character. They should just pop up in, um, you know, the DC Universe in Suicide Squad and just be super enigmatic and then disappear. And then Neil Gaiman did a fantastic miniseries about her, mm. which sort of set the tone. And I really would have been happy if Black Orchid just sort of stopped there and went back to being appearing here and there and being enigmatic. But they gave her an uh -huh. ongoing series not written by Neil Gaiman. Uh, which yes. really did not ring my bells or float my boat or okay. take me to the buffet. And you know. <laughs> I I think I missed the mini, but I was reading the ongoing. And oh, I okay. recall enjoying it for right. the most part. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it, it was very much not what I want from this character. Thank you very much. Please. Yeah. I've had enough now. Thank you. You can put it. Um, oh, the daffodils are out. I've just spotted the daffodils talking of black orchids. Um, 
the yellow. Stay on target. Stay, sorry. Yeah, uh, and Shade was missed. Like, honestly, I'd, you know, it was sad that the Shade story wasn't still going because that was a great one. Were you a Shade reader? You know, I've, I've never read any Shade. Never, ever. Oh, I'm not going to throw Shade at you, but, mate, you, ah. ought to, ought to, you ought to check that out on the DC okay. app, not that you have nothing else to read. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah, no, you would, I think that would be up your, up your... Alley. I was going to say bum, but that's not right, no. No, that that's definitely not right, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not putting comics or my phone, which has the app. That's right there. up your cheese river. How <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>, deep cut. <laughs> Um, yeah, look, I'm just, I'm going to be more blunt than you. This is shit. <laughs> the art was, eh, the art was okay. The best thing about the art was maybe the colours. Uh, for some reason, Robot Man, they, they've tried to make him look more like a skull in his head. He's had like weird teeth drawn along the his top lip for the most part. And then in some panels, he's got teeth protruding from his lower jaw, depending on which panel you're looking at. It was just like, hey... Let's cash in on the Y2K paranoia um, and and concerns of the time, and let's just throw everything into the Vertigo sandpit and just play with all these different action figures and try and make some kind of story about a depressed guy mm. who's slightly a bit of a nut job. And just it, it, none of it makes any sense. Like he considers them totems. Okay, I don't think Bernie understands what a totem is. He had so conveniently worked his way into getting a job as a waiter at at Constantine's Shindig for New Year's Eve. Oh well, yeah. Convenient. It's just like I don't know. It's just well, I think he's trying to be. You know, this is a, a sort of end of the world nut who's yeah. shrieking doom at everyone. Uh, sounds like us. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but this feels very much like um, well backtracking a little bit the origins of vertigo are very much story driven where people have mm-hmm. i had stories to tell and these are all really good and these are selling well and people really dig this stuff so let's form it into an imprint even though it really is an imprint already and we'll call it vertigo uh, yes and so i mean it's quite interesting because people freely call you know swamp thing and hellblazer and grant morrison animal man vertigo when they were all technically pre-vertigo yes yeah correct. vertigo came along with the rachel pollock run that was when it officially got branded and going so but yeah it was correct. it was such a an obvious and sensi- sensible way to package it all but mm-hmm. this is sort of anti the vertigo brand because this feels very much like editorial going we should do something about yes. this and going to find a writer who will write it rather than a writer coming to them and saying, I am burning to tell this story. Yeah, so it isn't in the the, the Vertigo vibe. Now, I do think this is collected in the Rachel Pollock uh, hardcover omnibus. So, uh, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, Craig confirmed that for me, Craig. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it has been collected and people will come across it. So, yeah, I just wanted to put it into context that this came after everything. And, um, yeah, I think... Vertigo at this stage was chugging along real happily with Preacher and things like that. Um, yeah. Mm. So, I, yeah. Yeah, it's not the best of Vertigo to my... To my and I remember buying it because I was into Animal Man and the Doom Patrol and I was kind of like, yeah, it's not the best what I really wanted exactly mm. here. Um, so, kind of disappointing. It's not really the League of Extraordinary um, the Vertigo beings. It's... It's more a, an unlikely tale of them all in an unlikely situation, you know, where none of them gets to be uh, at their best. Yeah. 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 It. I was 
at, at first when you mentioned this and I was like, I've never heard of this story. And yeah. you were like, hey, it's part of my death prep. I'll send it to you. And I was like, oh, cool. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, cool. Thank, thank you. Because <laughs> I was looking at, because, yeah, Vertigo and events just don't really go well together. No. Uh, I, the, yeah. the only other event I can recall Vertigo doing uh, was the Children's Crusade at crossover in their annuals. And even yeah. annuals were weird at the time for Vertigo. It wasn't, I don't recall it really being a thing with them. I could be wrong. But yeah, and in particular, obviously, I got uh, the the Doom Patrol annual, which was part of that crossover. And that's one of the worst Doom Patrol issues <laughs> I've ever read. It's, it's just god awful. But it, again, it felt like here is a thing that we are telling our creative people to do because we must do a crossover for whatever insane reason. Um, so I actually looked up the rest of the the stories that came out of this V2K quote-unquote event, and, and there was a, a couple of four-issue minis. There was one called Brave Old World where uh, science boffins accidentally caused the world to go back 100 years. Oh, dear. The Stroke of Midnight. Uh, there was uh, another four-issue miniseries called The Four Horsemen, um, which is when the four horsemen of the apocalypse turned up on you know New Year's Eve leading into 2000. But instead of being feared and revered, they were being cheered on because everyone at like Times Square thought they were part of the you know, um, entertainment. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And part of the special effects and that. Um, there was another series, um, and I think it was by Howard Chaikin was the writer on it, uh, called Pulp Fantastic. Yeah, Howard Chaikin uh, wrote it, along with uh, David Tishman. And apparently that had even less to do with the year 2000. It was kind of like the launching point, but then it was a detective story on another world. There was, of course, Totems. Uh, and then the one that really, probably the only one that's really got my interest is a story by Kyle Baker called I Die at Midnight. I have that. Where, oh, you have that? Yeah. Of course you do. Would, um, would and you that like me to death prep it to you? Because uh, it, it is actually pretty good. It's I usually, uh, Yeah, Kyle Baker always... Great stuff. But even the premise alone that, you know, a guy gets dumped on New Year's Eve or just before New Year's Eve, he takes a whole heap of pills and poisons to do himself in, and then she wants to reconcile. <laughs> so he has to race across town to, to get himself cured um, before midnight strikes. That one sounds interesting. It is interesting, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Totems, oh, I was, yeah, disappointed. Poof. Yeah, it was just, and just even, even the way it was, it was framed, you know, Bernie's telling this, you know, he's creeping into his former house, uh, where his, his former partner Sarah is, and, you know, he, he just launches into this insane, here's what happened earlier tonight mm. story, as, as Sarah and the new boyfriend are there, and then he's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm just going to kill myself now, and I'm just like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, he's um, he's an unreliable narrator and he's an asshole. So yeah, <laughs> or yeah. an asshole and, if you're from America. Yeah, um, yeah, and like it's cool that you have shared this story with me that features Robot Man because you know Robot Man was was and is the the one constant across all iterations of the Patrol. But you got yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he, he he's not that like. The other Vertigo characters in this, he's not really done any great favors yeah. by this story. So, um, yeah, I, I I was surprised, but not pleasantly, <laughs> by this story, shall we say? Yeah. 
So, yeah, no, I, I, I love Tom Pyre, but I cannot recommend uh, this in all good conscience. Mm. Mm. So, but well, uh, I'm glad everyone got um, some, you know, work out of it. Some art, and it was good to see Richard Case back um, at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's good to see Richard uh, and his work. Hmm. Um, but oh man, just it wasn't a rough read. It was just like a why <laughs> am I reading this? Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. Uh... It's it's a bit of a a limp wet sock of a story. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the trade. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, wrap up Doomslaying. Yes, please. Listen to Longbox Crusade. part of the show where we look at the mailbag of doom and comments that we've received on things that we've been doing in the past little while and comments from people who listened and liked and enjoyed and had things to say we get comments on the gary show but the gary show isn't really conducive to a commentary section it's a bit more random than that so we will carry some <laughs> a of bitch yeah. <laughs> a bit <laughs> we will cover some of that so mike you have the first comment from Craig, I believe. From Craig, Craig McDonald, Craig McD. He uh, posted a comment on uh, our episode 186 about uh, breakthrough breakdowns from Unstoppable uh, Doom Patrol. And Craig said, I think this would be a good jumping on point for new readers, given that it gives some brief details on the characters and their background. So this was uh, issue four, um, uh, the Dr. Cinco issue. So, yeah. Craig continues, My favourite part of the issue is the origin of Beast Girl. With only three issues left, I'm curious as to how much of the subplot Dennis Culver wraps up and what he's saving for, quote-unquote, season two. Mm, season, you, two. season yes. two. Season two. Season two. Season two. Sorry. Culver Burnham. Culver. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yes. Thank you, Craig, for that. It's a good comment. And I agree. I, I agree at all points. I yep. want, we want to see more. Yes. Uh, we got a comment from uh, Lights in the Night on the Gary Show number six, and they said, I thoroughly enjoyed this blog. Thanks for sharing. It's not a blog, but uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine yes. trying to blog the Gary Show. Good grief. Oh, God, no. It'd just be this one long, randomly, poorly edited screed of stuff um what was it i'm just that's just oh yeah it's, it was wedding prep religion the untold story of mike still untold upping the bar tab rolling with it footloose profession processional music the point of fingers stress purchases horror movies the significant dif difference between the number three and eight so right. yeah we covered a lot of important stuff our conflicting advice about dental care um right so i would say that was in the lead up to your wedding mike if i had to Quite possibly. When was it released? Quite. It was released on August the eleventh, twenty twenty. Oh yeah, that would have that was four days before my wedding. Wow. 
So quite possibly, yes. And you've now been married for three, four years, three years? Three years. Three years. Eventually. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. We, we didn't really, oh, we, we went away to Kingscliff again to celebrate Uh, and, and had a very, I had a, sorry, had a wonderful seafood degustation meal with a paired wining at a restaurant called Finn's at Kingscliff. Highly recommended. Fucking chef's kiss. Anyway, it's starting to get a bit gary. Anyway, sorry. Stay on. Stay on Darkin. Um, we then had another episode, another episode, another comment on episode 186, uh, this time from Buffalo DeLorean. And they said, will you be covering the Night Terror's Zatanna tie-in? It's written by Culver, co-stars Cliff, and calls back to DP history. Yes. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. We will. We commit. Because clearly we'll cover any appearance of the patrol in anything, no matter how bad it might be. Yeah, we oh, will. So- no, well, I've read these. These are good. I, I want to. I'm happy to cover them. Cool. Are they better than totems? Yes. Excellent. Cool. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, we will do that. Thank you, Craig. Yeah. We're not sure when because uh, we've got a packed schedule of life. Um, but uh, mm. yeah, we will get to them uh, before we die. Look, you'll just have to be waiting for waiting for doom. Ah. Hmm. Bit meta there. Yes, anyway. and we got a comment from Buffalo DeLorean, and uh, they're quoting. This is on episode one eighty five, the Fast and the Nebulous, and they're quoting from that issue. Soon it will be an animal, vegetable, mineral world, uh, which is something that Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man says as he was spreading animal, vegetable, mineral stuff. But he's this commenter says, I would say it already is. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. Yes, there are animals, vegetables, and minerals around us everywhere. Um, Hungan's appearance here as a former Brotherhood member being called off to war makes me pretty sure that the Japanese-speaking woman from issue two was the quiz. (gasps) Her surroundings are even styled like a painting. And wasn't she last seen trapped in the painting that ain't Paris? Good call. Good call. That's that's genius. Yeah. And yeah. I think, yeah, the uh, if it's General Immortus getting the band back together, and yeah, she is technically uh, one of the future members of the band that he wasn't a part of at that point. Um, yeah, but it's part of the band in one way. So yeah, that I'm I'm impressed. That could be. Uh, I'm I'll need to look at that again. But we will. Yeah. Have, we'll presumably have some confirmation as we. I know there's a little bit more about them in issue five, and possibly a lot more about them in issue six, mm. uh, or coming in the future for Waiting for Doom. Um, Find it wherever you find this podcast. Below it. Above it. No, above it. Yeah. Higher. Higher. Yep. <laughs> find it wherever you... <laughs> we then had a comment from Not Frank on The Gary Show 13. And Not Frank said, What a fun listen this was. Felt like I was overhearing, overhearing two mates in a pub <laughs> having a chat while waiting for someone else to turn up. <laughs> Yes, uh, we we were saying how much Frank uh, was pining for the Gary show. So, and then yes. someone else has chimed in and said they enjoyed it. So, yes, so that was very nice. Thank you, not Frank. I we suspect who you are, but uh, we are not sure. We also got a long email from Michael Atchison about The Gary Show, and he said, Hello, Paul and Mike. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you I enjoyed the latest Gary Show quite a lot. Little slice of lice... Slice of lice? Slice of lice? No. What? No. He said, Little slice of life episodes are a nice change from the regimented episodes, both as a podcaster and as a listener. And I am now a loyal listener to The Gary Show, so move over, Frank. Maybe it's Michael who's not Frank. Um, Yeah. 
As Paul knows, we met at HeroesCon. Yes, I've been to HeroesCon. He's been to HeroesCon. We've both been to HeroesCon at the same time. Right. I've listened to the Waiting for Doom and DCOCD episodes religiously for a few years, so on Sundays. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to just read this instead of... I can't help myself, you, Mike. You, you could. You really could <laughs> help yourself, but you you just won't. You just... Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. It was super meeting Paul in person. Hopefully Mike and Mike will get the chance to meet someday. Maybe. Because he's called Mike and you're Mike. I think he's talking about you. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stay on target. I was on my morning walk yesterday listening to the bit about baby gates and I literally laughed out loud. I visualised a herd of babies invading a home, only being <laughs> held back by a single baby gate. And they all looked like the dancing baby from Ally McBeal. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I get to make it to Australia for works again. I love the Sydney area. Take care. Your dedicated Gary Show listener, Mike. <laughs> and he put a gif of the dancing freaky baby from Ally McBeal. Yeah. Actually looks like the babies from the Flash movie as well. <laughs> oh, God. you know, I've seen more clips and gifs <laughs> online from that movie to the point where I definitely don't need to see the Flash now. Mm. I, I've not seen it and I don't intend to. So, wow. uh, yeah. And we have one more comment that snuck in just before we recorded. Yes, from Justin Steiner, who commented on episode 186 uh, about the Breakthrough Breakdowns issue. Uh, and Justin said, really enjoyable episode, guys. I, too, really like Beast Girl and hope she continues to feature. It might have just been me, but this issue reminded me of the private lives issues of Suicide Squad, where Father Kramer would check in with team members and we'd see what was going on with them. Yes, Unstoppable Doom Patrol number four allowed Culver to drop in history of the team members, but the vibe felt similar. Looking forward to issue five when it hits Ultra and then listening to you talk about it. Cheers. Thank you, Justin. Yes, I agree about the private lines thing because they were they were breather issues, but they also were little sub, subplot stirrers and you'd see, ooh, 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 trouble brewing there, you know, and <laughs> things like that. That's what I would say as I read it. I'd be, right. <laughs> I'd be Fair enough. Sitting there on the couch and just lean over and go, ooh, trouble brewing there. And then she would leave the room and... <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, they they checked in on how everyone was going and they also pushed uh, a little bit of understanding about where people are coming from and uh, their problems. And, right. Yeah, and uh, as I said, uh, you'd get little hints of, ooh, trouble brewing there. Oh. Mm. You know, <laughs> speaking of series I haven't read, and this will be trouble brewing, I've never read the original Suicide Squad run. Oh, Mike. Why do you hate yourself, Mike? Ah, uh, well, how long have you got? <laughs> Look, I'm a busy man. Look, I, I I just have so much going on. And like, when did that series first come out? 1987. 87, okay. I would have been 13 and in boarding school. So I kind of didn't really discover comic shops until about 88, 89, when I stopped being a boarder. And even then... In that era, that was my, my hardcore X-Men era. So, mm. yeah. Were you the Queensland border? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Queensland. <laughs> I was a boarding student. There were many Queensland borders there. Oh, my God. You and your wordplay. Seriously. Anyway, yes. Like, like, is it Shag that says everyone has a Batman phase? It is, yeah. I, re I reckon everyone has an X-Men phase, and that was my X-Men phase. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I think you should read it before you die. Okay. <laughs> and as you don't know when that is, you should get on it. Get on it. Right. Just 
dedicate an entire day to nothing but comics is what you're saying. No, it's a good day. That is a really good day. Yeah, well, look, I've, I've, I've quite enjoyed the, the, this stack of saga comics I've, I've read. Mm. I've just, I've just had so much going on. It's almost like, you know, a bit of a mental block to get over with oh, reading comics, finding quiet time, you know? Yeah. Just, this doesn't always work. Yeah, and you got your side hustle of painting. I've got so many miniatures to paint. Painting miniature people. Yeah, yeah. I've got so many, not just the current clients, but also my own. I'm, my backlog's getting out of out of hand, Paul. So your business, people send you miniatures, and then you do a painting of the miniatures and send them back to them. No, no. that's that's not how. No, I actually paint the actual miniatures. Oh, like uh, like your French girls. Yes, that's exactly it. Yes. Um, I, I paint them so that they all look like Kate Winslet in the nude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's such a lucrative business. I'm the king of the world. <laughs> why does this space marine look so fleshy and enticing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a bit of a bit of a crush on Kate Winslet. She's gorgeous. Um, anyway, um, no, I, I paint the actual miniatures. So I, I currently have twenty Space Marines to paint on the bench, and I've got four of them completed except for the basing. So a uh, little bit, little bit to go. Go, Mike. I shall try. I shall try. <laughs> anyway, we should probably wrap up there before it turns into a full-blown Gary episode. Yeah, but if yeah. you've never listened to Gary Show, this is what the Gary Show is like. Uh, yeah, we don't. We just talk, and it's kind of funny. Kind of. People seem to enjoy it. People seem to enjoy it. It's undermining yeah. mentally. <laughs> Put that on the tray. <laughs> mentally undermining listening. Yes. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, anyway. If you would like to hear and uh, discuss things related to the Doom Patrol more than you have already so far in your life, you should get in touch with us via Wilfred on Twitter. He's at WFDPod. Now, he might be moving to a different platform. I think it's he, very he's, likely. Cause... He, he's been you know, probing the defences of, of other social media apps. So yep. I think he's going to burst through soon, maybe under Blue Sky. You can also email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. You can check out the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. That gets updated occasionally when Wilfred feels up to it. Uh, there's always waitingfordoom.com, the website, which is full of all our episodes and a couple of pictures and stuff. And there's Doom Patrol TV bingo. I wonder if we'll ever get the back half of season four. Oh, no idea. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't have a lot of faith. There's, you know, it's sitting there in, in what's it called, Max now, Max. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's just I sitting so. in Max, and you know, but no one can remember how to press the play button. That, that is yeah. the problem. How do we start the show? I don't know. It's all here. What do we do? We know how to end things, but you know, yeah. just oh, gosh. Yeah, anyway. Is it the green button or the red one? Yeah. This... Oh, whoops, we've erased it all. Sorry, this is still waiting for them. It's not a documentary about <laughs> Max that you were going, what? Yeah. I mean, a dumb reality listening to what it's like behind the scenes of Max. That was <laughs> it was very authentic. Yes, and if you would like to support us and help us out with some coffee and or buckaroos, uh, you can find us uh, by joining the Caffeine Nation on Buy Me A Coffee. Just look for Waiting For Doom on there. And as always... Stay weird, be good to each other, don't be a crumb bomb, and we will catch you next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Doom.